Broadcasting from the commodity capital of the world, Zurich, Switzerland, this is Insider's Guide to Energy. This Insider's Guide to Energy live panel discussion on managing liquidity is brought to you by Horvath, an internationally active, independent managing consultancy. Good evening and welcome to our first ever live YouTube event here on Insider's Guide to Energy. I'm excited to have you here. We have a great panel discussion lined up for you this evening and the timing couldn't be more appropriate. It's been a crazy few weeks, been a crazy year, and we're going to talk about managing liquidity. And it's probably an interesting time to make sure the infrastructure is right for that and see how our panelists are dealing with it today. But before we kick off the event, I'm going to start by introducing our sponsor and my co-host for this evening's event. I'd like to introduce, introduce Andreas Spencer. Andreas, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks, Chris, and good evening, everybody. Really happy to be able to support this, uh, this cool format. Uh, I think we have a really good, uh, good and interesting panel for a hot topic here this evening. I'm Andreas. I'm leading green and digital energy at uh, at Harvard. Um, Howard is a leading management consultancy, and we are extensively working with uh, clients in the energy space, especially in the um, trading trading space, and supporting uh, lots of projects around um, data analytics and um, other topics. And um, yeah, we, we think that uh, that data is quite an important topic for doing a good job when it comes to margining and liquidity uh, risk and management and yeah, therefore more than happy to participate in the show. Well, thank you so much for enabling this. Uh, we're looking forward to doing this. When, when we first started planning this event, probably about six months ago, we were thinking we we're going to do our first live tech night, which by the way, audience, is about to happen. We will have live tech nights throughout Europe and in North America. But COVID was still going strong. We had no idea. So we were able to get our guests to join virtually tonight. So this is the first YouTube experience. But do be on the lookout for a live tech night. So to go over the format of what we're going to do this evening is we're going to walk through the following format. Each of our guests is going to have three to five minutes to introduce themselves and describe a little bit about what they're thinking about managing liquidity and, and what their businesses may be doing. The companies represented tonight are Uniper, RWE, and ENBW. Uh, each of them represent a different part of the energy industry, but we have a really nice cross-section of the European energy trading market this way. What we also do is we have different roles defined in here. So we're going to talk about the tools and how the tools are applied and what folks have done to help their business along the way. We start with a treasury perspective. We're going to have Michael Spieler from Uniper, and he's a senior vice president of treasury. He's going to talk about what, what treasury thinks about. Then we're going to switch gears a little bit and go to Emma Law, uh, global head of uh, back office from RWE. And Emma's going to talk about it from a back office. How do you enable and what tools does the RWE business need and how does she deliver the tools to the business? And then finally, we're going to bring it together with Sammy Badani from ENBW. And he's going to give the IT perspective of what tools that they've implemented to bring it together. 
So each of our guests will start right now. We'll start by introducing Michael, and Michael will spend about three to five minutes telling us his thoughts. We'll go through each guest, and at the end of that, we'll go into a, a live panel discussion. So, Michael, welcome to the program today. Yeah, thank you, Chris. So, welcome all, and um, uh, good afternoon from my side. Yeah, as you said, uh, probably the right time to talk about liquidity. And in the past, I was always complaining um, it's probably not enough in the center of what the company is doing. But over the last six to seven months, it was much more so and uh, a bit too much for my taste even. Yeah, so um, um, I'm, I'm heading um, 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 the treasury team uh, at, at, at Uniper. Uniper is a um, um, European utility and, and uh, gas midstream company. Uh, so with what we are doing right in the center of, of um, um, the storm, we have seen now over the last few months with um, yeah, enormous volatility and um, um, elevated price levels in gas and, and, and power markets. Um, it um, for us um, um, meant that uh, we had from from our time from our side spent much more time on questions like um, liquidity planning, financing, but uh, also forecasting of our marginal needs. For instance, in the recent past, yeah, things that are usually on the agenda more like uh, standard items, but became over the last couple of months really central uh, to, to us and to our management to make sure that we uh, uh, can withstand um, 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 the movements in the market, um, um, able to still conduct our business, uh, but, but, but also make sure that um, um, regarding balance sheet steering, our, our KPIs and so on, we do the, we do the right things. Um, what was important there, and you asked about um, um, system, systems and tools, Having um, a working and functioning um, um, treasury management system um, was really detrimental for us and um, um, in the end was uh, something uh, that helped us um, to create the transparency required on a daily basis um, to provide everyone who was in need uh, for that um, with the liquidity status and with the outlook. And I can tell you that due to the movements we had in the markets, the swings we saw in in in, in liquidity day day on day were really unprecedented, and uh, uh, we, we spent um, a big deal um, on uh, making these swings um, um, also on our forecasting side um, um, visible and as as good as possible. Also, um, uh, at least in the short to mid term, um, 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 so visible that we could also allocate our financial resources and. Um, funds in a way uh, that we were sure to 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 meet the requirements. What was from my end in, in such um, yeah uh, um, a volatile environment really also important was that we as a company really increased the level of cooperation um, um, across functions. Yeah, so um, um, beyond the normal reporting and cooperation lines, we we started really to tackle this topic uh, with a standing group um, consisting of um, um, business um, risk and uh, finance people um, yeah, to, to tackle these challenges. Yeah? And with that, we, we managed to get through this. Yeah? And uh, after uh, then, the new year, we, we thought uh, probably the crisis now over just to realize now that it has been exchanged just by another one. Yeah. So, but uh, I think with the experience and uh, um, um, also measures we, we have taken last year, 
we are now much better prepared. Uh, I feel at least this is the case for what's probably going going to come over the next um, um, days and weeks. Yeah, but I think for the whole industry at the moment, it is uh, very turbulent times, uh, and, and and liquidity will be and 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 and, and remain one of the core concerns and and things. Um, the, the the utilities just have have to manage and to get a, a handle on um, that that enables them um, then um, for what's what's going to come um, um, have the adequate resources in place. Yeah. So that's a short reflection about what happened last year and what is going to happen right now. Uh, with that, uh, I would uh, hand back to Chris. Well, thank you for that introduction. Um... I think it's brave that you got the crystal ball out and are making some anticipation of what's going to happen here because it's a very fluid world that we're in. So I'll be interested when we get to the discussion and, and a little bit further in. Uh, but let's go ahead and, and, and meet Emma Law. She's the global head of back office for RWE Supply and Trading. Emma, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, and also a very warm, warm welcome from my side to everybody this evening. Um, yeah, so as Chris mentioned, uh, my name's Emma Law. Um, I'm head of back office at RWE Supply and Trading. Um, so our West, as we commonly refer to it or fondly refer to it within the group, um, is the commercial hub of the RWE group. So responsible for all the um, uh, trading activity of the group. Um, I've been with our West for since 2005, um, had various different roles, um, starting off on the commercial side in front office, um, run some business change and project type roles. Um, and then, yeah, since 2015, I've been responsible for back office. Um, we run back office as a global team. Um, so global processes, global setups, um, we're physically we're split. Um, so we have teams in Swindon in the UK, um, in Essen in Germany, and most recently our newest team since a couple of years in Singapore, dealing with the Asian business. Um, in terms of kind of our exposure, I guess, or maybe some, something Michael said about, you know, kind of a few years ago, or maybe even the start of last year, kind of liquidity planning, daily, you know, margin payments, money moving here and there. It was kind of bread and butter. It happened. People didn't pay too much attention to it because it, it all kind of ran. Um, I definitely from my team, we often say about back office that if people don't know we're there, then that's a very positive thing because we're doing a good job. Everything's running smoothly. Everything's being processed in a timely manner. Um, definitely a couple of my team. So we call them the clearing and collateral team kind of shot into the forefront last year um, with all the um, margin. Um, market activity, the volatile markets. Um, so obviously the teams, we have the two teams, um, one managing our CSAs and the daily collateral payments or calls um, in and out, and another team focusing on reconciling all our exchange traded business um, and the corresponding uh, margin calls. Um, and all of a sudden the, the phone lines were very hot, yeah, with phone calls, people wanting, you know, we had, you know, systems and processes in place, but often reporting would be with a, 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 perhaps a day lag or after an end of day had run. Whereas people wanted stuff, you know, in, in real time, a couple of hours later, so we could try and forecast and plan for the following day. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, definitely the world changed. Um, what, what I learned from it, I guess, was, I mean, we have a lot of people that are very good at processes within back office. We also have some real experts. And in times like this, you really drill down into the experts and kind of their knowledge and their, their deep understanding of how everything works and how they can kind of move away from the, the highly automated process that we have and, and pull manual data out of the system to provide people with the information they need to, to, to provide, make the relevant steering decisions. Um, so in anticipation of 2022, I hoped with the, um, I'm going to mention it once, the um, corona pandemic hopefully coming under control um, and with slightly more stable markets, I had hoped that um, 2022 would be easier. 
Um, but as Michael's already reflected, I think with the current challenges in the Ukraine, um, maybe 2022 looks quite similar to the second half of um, 2021. Let's see. But as Michael said as well, I think um, with the kind of with the lessons we learned last year, with the processes we put in place, um, with the different interactions with the teams across the business, um, hopefully we're in a we're in a better place anyway um, to to deal with the situation this year. So yeah, happy to be here this evening. Um, back to you, Chris. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, sheds a little bit of light on what we're going to talk about. And I, I noticed a theme coming. So it, it's so far, the theme that I've picked up is, you know, that, that the last year really put you in a position to exercise some tools or make sure you had the right tools in place. And now we're going to have 2022 to really see how well you did maybe as a scorecard and, and how we go forward with, with what, what's been implemented to deal with the COVID and the things in the past and how it works in this crisis. And last but not least, I'd like to have Sammy join us on stage. Sammy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, well, welcome to everybody. Yeah, Sammy Madani. I'm uh, the head of one of the three trading IT departments uh, focusing on finance, risk, and gas. And uh, joined EMBW three years ago now, um, was working prior than uh, or before that uh, a long time in consultancy in the energy uh, trading area. And yeah, my focus areas are ETRM systems, risk management, reporting systems, and uh, from that perspective, also uh, involved in a little bit in, in the challenges of last year and, and this year. On the other hand, also talking a lot of around IT transformation topics that we're currently working on in, in our area at EMBW. And uh, yeah, um, we had basically from Karlsruhe a little bit the, let's say, joy or challenge to uh, join the ride last year and, and this year, um, which I would summarize as a, as a very interesting time also for the IT unit. Uh, on, on the one hand, we were basically uh, in an interesting market situation, what the front office reported to us, what, what back office challenged us, uh, risk units, uh, the controlling units. Um, so, so we had anyway a, a high workload on, on the other hand, uh, there was also then a lot of new challenges that were dropping, right? So, so we had uh, suddenly priority on processes that were, as, as Emma referred also to, very convenient going on in the background. And, and suddenly they, they, uh, the priority of these processes increased massively. Um, the front-to-end perspective was a completely different, the stakeholders had completely different expectations to their processes. And uh, this uh, was then also a challenge to our IT uh, to to yeah reflect that to um, increase the IT capabilities on that side, uh, reduce the time to market for our development uh, efforts, really make the data available whenever it's needed, and on the other hand also provide reliable IT operations because as as Emma said, um, it is really just another additional process and not replacing all other processes that we are talking about. So from that perspective, really interesting times and it teaches us a lot of lessons that we can hopefully also apply then in other areas. Well, cool. Well, welcome to the program to all. I, I think we've got a good foundation for a conversation. Andreas, I'm going to turn it over to you to reflect on what our three introductions have been and, and maybe you want to kick off our, our discussion. So the way this is going to work is this is an open discussion from this point on um, we're just going to go around. I do have uh, a number of questions that we've prepared ahead of time, but at this point, I think we have a, a lot of material that we could start with. So Andreas, I give it to you and let's just see where we go with this. Yeah, thanks. So, I mean, um, 
I think the introduction of you uh, confirmed our view that it's quite important to bring the different perspectives uh, on the topic uh, to one table. And uh, that's important that uh, the different departments of the organization uh, working together and uh, developing uh, like joint solutions. Um, and I think we heard as well that uh, that especially in um, in times with strong market movements, reliable operations, um, and data quality and stable processes uh, are key requirement. Um, so um, and uh, and and therefore I think uh, with um, with this uh, with this uh, summary um, maybe. Um, asking the, the question to uh, to Sami from an IT perspective, um, you explained the, the overall uh, the overall background, but could you maybe elaborate even a little bit uh, further on what was required to be changed in order to uh, to have the IT landscape for this topic uh, stable running? Well. Good question. I think it, it's not the one thing that that you need to to address, right? So, so um, I think there there are a bunch of aspects that we learned are are important in these kinds of situation, and a lot of have to do with with very generic answers that are maybe lying on the table, but that that are not always paying attention to, and some others are perhaps a little bit more detailed. So, from our perspective, is what it was very important to to uh, have a focus on stable front-to-end processes on the one hand and also on the other hand the capability to deliver quickly and uh, from IT perspective of course this this can be reached with a lot of business ownership and strong front-to-end uh, business um, yeah capability and and also process uh, overview and uh, support on the other hand, we, we need also to work on, with the tools that the new world of, of digitalization can, can offer to us. And this, this is, of course, a data-centric world that we would like to live in. So we need to put data in the focus. We need to understand data as an asset that everybody needs to provide in the company. Because when it comes to a situation where you quickly need data from different systems, you do not want to spend your time in building up endless amount of interfaces. You want to have the data available. So you better make sure it is somewhere already available when you need it. And this is a lesson that, that we and others hopefully also learned in the last year, in the years before, and that we are now trying to apply. Um, on the other hand, this, this does also mean that you need to work with this data, make this data available and in a kind of a data mesh, for example, in the cloud, and apply the processes around that. So there's a lot, a lot of groundwork to do to ensure that this data is available when you need it quickly. And um, yeah, last but not least, you need to also ensure that your systems are connected to that and that the key data is in there. And that's a lot of work that you need to do upfront. And then you can apply really standard tools for visualization, for, for um, data gathering or, or for, for analysis to, to that data and ideally get quick results on that. 
but as said i think it's it's, it's a long work uh, or long road and uh, we have learned a lot of lessons doing that and we will still continue that road but it's definitely worth it well cool so I think, and in, in, unfortunately, we only have Michael for part of our panel discussion, so I'm going to switch gears. So I, I think what I just heard you say is you, you want to make the data accessible, but I, I want to ask from a treasury perspective or a business perspective, right? Because you know the data is what the business is asking you for, right? Your IT, you're providing uh, a solution or data they want. And, and so let's use an example. So for example, commodity prices have been pretty volatile and high lately. So Michael, what, what kind of tools or things would you be asking someone like a SAMI to help you manage your liquidity? What, what, what kind of tools does this demand and what do you want to see? Yeah, I mean, um, sometimes it's very simple. Yeah, just sort of a killer app that, that our guys from IT created was to have just a quick application on your mobile phone that shows you basically a selection of, of, of commodity prices, yeah, that are very simple thing, but very useful and, and heavily used uh, to, to get a feel for what's, what's, going, what's going on and happening in, in, in the market. Yeah, that, that's uh, one, one just, just a little example, but um, I think in the end, it's about, it's about transparency. Yeah? So um, um, stable processes and transparency is what you, what, what you, what you need during um, those, those troubled times. Yeah? So um, um, certain tools that allow you to see, for instance, your, your, your positions. Yeah? Um, um, and from that, uh, have a sort of a simple bridge that um, relatively easily tells you uh, what's, for instance, your, your, your margin call for the next day, yeah, based on on, on today's prices, yeah, something um, that 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 we and, and the company developed over over the year, um, over the last uh, couple of months last year, and uh, which just enables you um, quicker to to make to make decisions, yeah, and 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 ask for decisions from 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 your management board. Um, I think this is this is it, and uh, it, it sounds simple, yeah. But getting all the dots together, um, 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 having sort of a consolidated picture of what's going on in your business is sometimes not not that simple to 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 implement. And actually, yeah, and um, it requires um, IT knowledge, but it uh, uh, requires also yeah a good handling of your of your data and a consolidated view on 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 the data available of what you are doing. So um, um, we ended up with a sort of a, of a cockpit we are using every day, yeah, where, where we show what, what's happening on the liquidity side for the next couple of days. How have our uh, commodity positions developed? What is the, the margin calls that you can, can expect on that basis? And um, um, yeah, what does that mean to your, uh, to your um, 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 liquid assets and, and, and the financing needs going forward. And that is exactly the core of where you then can base uh, decisions on, yeah? at least from a, from a, from a, from a business or, or, or treasury perspective. And having these tools, these tools also then in, in web format, easily accessible. Yeah? So without uh, 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 10 passwords you, you need uh, to, to store somewhere to access that. Uh, so uh, really seamless processes um, makes your life easier yeah? and, and, and give you the time then to, to, to prepare decisions and, and, and analyze stuff. Yeah? So that I think is one of, of the key things I think and, and, and the success factor in, in times where sometimes you have to decide very quickly on things. Yeah? And back to stable processes, these are also a core enabler to manage risk or use opportunities yeah, that arise these days as well. 
but you have to be quick to use them. Yeah. So I saw Emma, you nodding along with some of the statements there. So maybe you could jump in and, and share from your perspective. Uh, so we've, we've got the treasury perspective. So now from your business perspective, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I was, as you said, I was kind of sort of nodding along and smiling as sort of Michael said about having the um, kind of the data. Yeah. In kind of to be able to make decisions. And I think, I mean, one of the things I think makes it quite complex is there's various different sources of the data, right? There's various different business types. So, you know, we talked about, you know, like the, so the margins, the exchanges, um, the collateral calls on counterparties both ways, um, depending on the time in the month, you've got settlement cycles happening. Yeah, so all different pieces need to come together kind of in a, and, and, and very, very quickly, yeah, because decisions need to be made. Yeah, funding needs to be checked, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, I mean, definitely for a company like RWE, we, I mean, our treasury is a group function. We don't have it within supply and trading. Yeah, so it's, it's a central function. So, you know, other, other operating companies, I mean, obviously the, the trading is the most kind of real time, the most dynamic, the kind of producing the quickest changes. But equally, there's other things going on within the other group, operating companies in the group where, where cash is needed for various different projects. And um, so I think, yeah, I was just kind of sharing Michael's kind of insights about the importance of having a, a clear dashboard or a, a consolidation platform, right, that brings all the information together from all the various different parties so that decisions can be made. So one of our audience members asked an interesting question. And, and the question is, is who verifies the data? Is that an IT or a business task verifying the data? I think... Both. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could answer a bit both. Um, so, so we are, are thinking of a, a third party. Uh, that means there is somebody considered as a data owner, and and uh, this person is is uh, normally then thought of the person that is made responsible by business and IT to ensure that the data is right. And but as as uh, Michael and also Emma pointed out, it's the end of a process if you have a nice dashboard there. And there are a lot of process steps. And especially if it's coming to liquidity, it's not only one process that plays here. It's it's a lot. So, so you have basically a lot of responsibilities that you need to manage. And you have a lot of process responsibilities. You have a lot of data responsibilities. And then you have a lot of guys that need to coordinate that. So from IT side, it's definitely IT to enable that process from a technical point of view, but we require also somebody from a business point of view that takes responsibility for the front-end process. Emma, did you want to add on that? I know you you said both uh, fandedly. Is there any additional thought? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's the, for me, there's kind of two different aspects, right? One is the actual quality of the data per se, i.e. the data's gone in somewhere correct, and does it come out further down in the processing chain um, in the same format or correctly as well? But I mean, just with my back office hat on, I mean, obviously all the all the data from all the trading activity that we do that goes into our system. Yeah, we are constantly verifying that what's what's been recorded or traded externally on the exchange or with a counterparty is correctly reflected in our systems. Yeah, so that we know that the decisions we're making are off the back of a true reflection of the positions that we hold. So yeah, for me, there were kind of two different aspects to the data. And that, that brings something, Michael, in, in the pre-conversation, we talked about near-time cash planning a bit. And and so as we digitize, and, and Sammy talked about digitization, and Emma talked about it as well. Um, what is near time, and, and, and like how, how quickly are these decisions being made today? What, how how fast do you need this data? Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. And how does that impact your your decisions to, you know, things like margining, forecasting, and things like that? Yeah, we, we try basically on a on a same day basis. Yeah, to update our, our liquidity forecast so that we have in the in the afternoon a good idea what happened on the day and what 
can, can we expect for the next day, yeah, which gives us a bit of a window still um, um, then also to, to um, react on things and, 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 and do this. And what that requires is um, that, that you have um, yeah, a sort of central database where, where, where all the planning data for cash and in outflow comes together, but on top also some tools to, to, to analyze and play with these things and, and, and get you get you scenarios out of it. Um, on that front, we, there is still some work to be done. Yeah, so all our scenarios at the moment are, are something where a lot of the Excel based and other stuff has to has to be done. So this is not automized, but um, that, that's the sort of next step to us now, yeah? that near-term data available, and then um, not only think about the base case, but also about um, risk scenarios and, 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 and update them constantly yeah? to have then that sort of um, input um, um, that, that is needed to make good, good um, um, financing decisions. Yeah. Cool. So, so you mentioned in, in your response that, you know, Excel and some other non-automated tools, maybe I'll flip back to Sammy here. And, and Sammy, what technology approaches could you consider um, helpful when we're looking at uh, liquidity issues? Maybe maybe expound on that a little bit. Well, I think there are some, right? So, so from a visualization point of view, I think Michael was uh, obviously very happy with, uh, uh, with, with the uh, dashboarding technologies we are that are also available then on, on uh, yeah, very short notice if you need them at hand on your on your mobile. That that of course is something that that standard tools could can provide uh, using Power BI, uh, using um, yeah, Click Tableau, however they call it. I think there are a few interesting tools on the market on that. The the more interesting is is basically what you do in in the background. Then um, as as Emma pointed out, you can you need to gather a lot of data from very different sources. So um, question is how how do you connect all that stuff? And um, so. We at ENBW think that that the best way to tackle it is is following a event-oriented, data-centric approach, having the data available on a cloud uh, environment, and uh, so so we try to to uh, utilize uh, the, the cloud to to bring our data together in a kind of a data mesh and yeah steer steer it from there and build also our processes around that architecture. So, so Emma, to, to switch gears to you, um, I, I guess you know we talked a little bit pre pre, pre call about a well functioning ETRM system, and what are kind of the tools that you might need to help manage liquidity, and you know maybe you could expound from your perspective of where you sit, what the tools are, and how how they come. Yeah, sure. So I think I mean a well a well functioning ETRM system is absolutely critical i mean i think we need to be a little bit careful and and this is definitely something i got caught up on in the past when we talk about an etrm system it's almost like a, a landscape right an etrm system is, is not just one system yeah i mean so within rwe it's no secret we use endure as our core risk management system which is often referred to as our etrm system but actually our etrm landscape is far wider than that right so the, the data is coming into endure um, but we have for our for managing all our um, credit exposures and our CSAs with counterparties. Um, we have a separate tool that we use, um, Brady, um, Brady Credit, soon to be C Risk, I think. Um, and then in terms of managing all our um, daily reconciliations with exchanges, verifying all our margin payments um, with the exchanges, we actually have an in-house um, system that we built for doing that that can just suck in the huge volumes of data and provide very quick comparisons because obviously we can't check that on a on a trade by trade basis. 
Um, so we use a variety of different tools that then, as Sammy said, all need to kind of come together into a, uh, a central view of the world that, that Treasury, for example, can work with. Andreas, your, your thoughts? Yeah, I think what's um, a general development, but we uh, think and we are seeing this in, in client projects um, as well, that's a quite strong facilitator is like the, the making the basic data available. So a couple of years ago, um, a trading company was quite lucky when the so-called end-of-day process was finalized uh, somewhere in the next morning. And um, we have seen this in our Future of Energy Trading survey uh, that we did two years ago, um, that this moved uh, closer to real time. Uh, we are currently in the process of updating this and we are uh, getting responses and seeing this from many clients that this is really moving away from um, doing the one big bang, but trying rather incrementally getting the information uh, on what's going on um, on the portfolio and on the value uh, on the valuation, and I think that's that's playing into the the thing uh, that uh, that Michael was explaining from from the treasury perspective as well. So if you have in the afternoon like a quite good feeling what's going on when the main market and trading activities um, are finalized, then you have time to react if you have like the, the, the result of the end of day process at nine or 10 o'clock the next morning, and then need to draw the conclusions for, uh, for liquidity, um, then this is simply too, too late to react for the, for the same day. So and therefore, from our point of view, that's a, that's a clear trend uh, to, to coming closer to real time. And that's uh, presumably one of the, the, the key things to support um, managing liquidity in, in rough times with really high market volatilities um, as well. Yeah, it's true. It's true what you say, Andreas. If I think back to kind of several years ago now at, um, at RWE, I mean, it was quite normal practice. I mean, multiple times a month, right, where you would come in and shortly after there'd be an email yeah, saying that end of day had been delayed because there was a problem and therefore risk reporting and credit reporting, etc. All the corresponding downstream process hadn't hadn't been started and couldn't yet kick off. I mean that that's that I can't remember the last time I saw one of those, right? It's it's come forward and forward. I guess systems are more sophisticated. Um things have been tweaked and improved. And as you say, so much more of it can effectively be run in real time as well. But yeah, I think you you, you really need to do your homework to to enable this kind, right? So so on the other hand, uh, on one hand, you need to stabilize somehow from IT perspective this kind of end-of-day operations. And and I guess there has been a lot of progress, uh, at least also from what we saw in, in the recent years. And on the other hand, you also need to do your homework. And and with homework, I do not only mean then okay, we need to build up some some technical interfaces. Also, we really need to work on on data availability, ensure that that is clear what data needs to be available, um, what market data do we need to do our forecasts, and also in the evening. Um, what are the processes around that? Uh, so, so there's quite a lot of groundwork that you need to do that that finally, hopefully, then one day pops up into a nice dashboard. So, where are each of you on your digitalization journey? So, so you know, you're, you're talking about data. You've got all these different sources of data. Where, where, where are you along this journey? So, over the last year, have you made huge strides? You think you're you're at a comfortable spot? Or are you still mid-flight right now? 
And you can maybe Sammy start and then Emma, if you want to add after. <laughs> I, I would just say, I, I hope I do not know the end of the journey. So uh, I think it's, it's continuously evolving. So when I started three years ago, I guess everybody would be happy if the end of day was finished uh, at, uh, at, at market beginning. And uh, at the moment, that that's just not enough right so 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 you say okay we we need to go more and closer to real time and uh, perhaps it's it's from a business perspective necessary perhaps not but but the need is there because people know the tools are now available and the tools are now there and they could provide a business added value so so people are striving to improve that and then we see okay the processes are not there then we see okay there is additional data needed so I think it's we are in the middle of a journey and uh, we are now realizing what could all be possible. And um, yeah, we are currently trying to figure out what, what creates real business value. And I think with liquidity, we definitely have a big one. And uh, we will see that perhaps other things are uh, not, not that important and uh, will then not be reflected in the long term in our IT strategy. Emma? Um, so the last thing I'm going to try and do right now is pretend to be an IT or any kind of digital expert, because I'm, I'm really not. And that's why I manage back office and not IT. Um, but I mean, I, I guess from a, from a, from my perspective and from an R, R West perspective, I, I think, as, as Sammy said, it's a journey. I think R West are pretty far along that journey. They have made some great progress. I mean, we do have um, generally very reliable, very slick systems in place. We'd be lost without them. I mean, the volumes we're processing on a daily basis are, are huge. Um, so, but I think, I mean, you start to see additional challenges as well. So we're talking about end of day. I mean, when we talk about, when we talked about end of day in our West 10 years ago, it was the end of a European day, right? Now we have trading desks in Singapore, um, potentially in the future in the US. Yeah. So you've got to bring all the different, you know, and then you want consolidated reporting across the entire company. Yeah. For all regions. So I think it, equally, I think, um, whilst you can be a long way along the journey, the journey gets harder and harder. Yeah. There's always new pathways, new things to discover. Um, but I think we're in um, a, 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 maybe a plug for our, our IT team, but I think we're in pretty good shape. So I guess then I, I'd wonder, though, so, you know, what in, in the last year. So what did we learn from the last year along this journey? Right. So it's been a bumpy, bumpy ride. We're, we're getting into um, new territory again, another bumpy ride. So from from a managing liquidity perspective, what, what, do, what do you take away, Emma, from in the last year from what, what you've experienced? Yeah, I mean, we've talked an awful lot about IT, right? So I think, I mean, it's a common theme. I think we're all in agreement that IT is absolutely key and in the markets we're operating in and the volumes that we're transacting without a robust IT system in place, it, it would not be possible. Um, but I think a key takeaway for me over the last year is whilst IT is absolutely critical and fundamental, it's not everything. So I think Michael at the beginning talked a lot, which I totally share about uh, in his introduction about kind of cross-functional collaboration. Yep. Yeah, so there's there's lots of, I mean, if we're just talking about the topic of liquidity as a starting point, right, there are there are lots and lots of teams involved, yeah, starting with the front office making the trading decisions, yeah, with back office, um, you know, credit, there's, I mean, every, almost every department or various different departments are kind of evolved in, involved in the chain before it gets to treasury being able to make the decisions they need to make. And I think as we get more and more IT or tech savvy and tech clever, that's great. But I mean, equally, I think when when we see things like events like we saw last year, 
sometimes you, you you need your experts as well right that can sometimes you know extract and go back to manual processes to provide you know summaries in real time that maybe the IT report isn't going to run for another six hours but I guess that's we've got a question that seems a little contrary to that so one of our audience is asking you know how much of this process is automated and not just digital so what, what you're talking about is breaking out of the automation and going back to the human intervention mm-hmm. and, and I guess you know from the audience perspective at least this question is is you know, when, when Sammy's talking about digital, are we talking automation or digital or both? I guess is the, the question. Well, perhaps I think um, you, you need to consider both. I think you need to have standard processes in place. And I, I couldn't agree more to Emma when she's saying the business team need to take responsibility how this process should look like front to end. And on the other hand, you need to also to um, create a kind of a self-service capability so that the, the experts can can deep dive on, on their own and, and create solutions or answer questions on their own without deep IT involvement. But I think these are two faces of the same matter. All right. Andreas, do you, do you have some additional thoughts or questions? Yeah, I think um, we have been talking a lot about the process and the collaboration and, uh, and IT landscapes and data and so on. But I think what's, uh, what's another interesting aspect to add to the discussion, we are seeing this when we are working with, with clients rather from the, uh, from the steering uh, business perspective, that especially in a, in a market situation where there are really strong market movements, um, managing liquidity can be uh, at managing the results. So and that was presumably the focus of the discussion uh, we had so far. But at the other hand, it could be um, as well a back loop to, to front office uh, decisions and uh, moving trading direction, uh, trading decisions into direction. Um, for example, when we are talking about uh, margining calls, finding, finding other ways. Uh, to do OTC trading with uh, with counterparties, where well, maybe collateral is required, but not not on a on a daily basis. Um, and I would be curious um, from from your perspective, and maybe uh, starting with with your point of view, Emma, um, is this something where where the front office is is working with uh, with with your uh, feedback and, and guidance on the on the topic, or are you rather at the end of the process and then need to 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 manage the trading results? Um, so I think it's changing. I think I mean I would say if, I would say we were probably a few years ago rather on the end of the process. Yeah, front office have taken the decisions, but I think you know when we talk about kind of the last six months of last year, um, we were definitely working much more closely in collaboration with. Um, Front office, because I guess from a front office perspective, the desks, I mean, they're looking at it. We have diff- lots of different desks, yeah, diff- split by different commodities, different products, and they're looking at it from their perspective, right? And different desks have different perspectives, yeah. And obviously, from a back office perspective, we see everything, yeah, in one go. So potentially, you know, we have different desks um, where if positions had been traded on the same exchange, we could have offset them, but because they're on different, we can't. And so I think it's increasingly there's there's more and more dis- discussion and um, not just with us in front office, but with treasury, with credit, with risk as well, at kind of looking much more holistically at the at the overall um, portfolio and how we can best optimize it. Mm-hmm. And at your company, Sammy? Well, uh, so so I'm on the IT side. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
what the only thing that I will tell you is basically that uh, we have the requirement from the business to have a holistic picture here and and uh, take not only the the end of day into account, uh, but ensure that that we do take also the different desks into account. So, so Emma, I know that from my experience working with you, you've also uh, you know changed some of the role the back office is doing with some of your automation and OTC settlement and things like that. How does that play into liquidity, or can that play into your managing liquidity? So, so your electronic settlement matching and the things that you're doing there is that playing into this at all? Um, I think so. Yes, I think it does. It now, um, not so much, but in the future, could it? Yes. I mean, I think anything that automates processes and makes them slick, um, um, fun, then makes them easier to configure to check to, to then to change them. So, if we think about shorter settlement cycles, for example, I mean, so ESM is something that will facilitate that. I mean, in the past, requests for kind of a, a different settlement cycle out of our standard process. Yeah, we've talked a lot about standard processes today, and um, where we run kind of almost run the machine. Um, is is a workaround and we don't like workarounds right because we're worried we're going to miss something but I think um, yeah I mean so Chris you mentioned ESM so I don't know who on this call knows what ESM is probably some people but not everybody so ESM is electronic settlement matching Um, for those of you that know um, electronic confirmation um, matching it basically it's an EFET standard that basically mirrors the principle of electronic confirmation matching where you can electronically um, match invoices and also netting statements with um, counterparties so I think increasingly, yes, Chris, to your point. So tools like that will help us to agree more bespoke things with counterparties, but still run them in an automated manner. I don't have additional questions to ask um, of, of the panel. I, I think that we've gotten a pretty good coverage, I guess, uh, just crystal ball wise, I guess. So what are we, I'm going to go around the, the horn here and see what you think will happen in 2022, because nobody knows. I mean, I, I think hour to hour, it's a little bit crazy at the moment. Um Sammy, what, what's your prediction here? I'm gonna, you know, this way I can come back to you next year and, and see how well you did. <laughs> yeah, first of all, I hope, of course, that uh, the year turns out better than we expected now. From IT perspective, I think what we are talking about, um, the trends will continue. So, so we need to to be ready to to react faster to uh, business requirements. We need to be ready to have data available immediately. We need to have a clear governance structure around that to enable that. We need to have our processes very clear and and uh, tight, and also ensure that that the uh, daily operation is also working and stabilizing. And that 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 leads us basically to always the same story. We need to see what can we standardize. So uh, Emma mentioned the ESM that that will be interesting for us also, um, but we will also continue looking. Can we? even more standardize our ETM system landscape? Can we go more to SAS services? And uh, can we really focus our internal IT stuff on, on doing the stuff that, that really brings us forward as a company? Andreas, any thoughts on yours? What's your crystal ball say? Yeah, I think we are at the moment already working strongly on large transformation um, projects with, uh, with energy companies and presumably um, what we are seeing now as challenges will accelerate the transformation of the energy um, industry industry further. Um, so and I think that's um, from my point of, of view um, quite, uh, quite certain that even if we 
uh, saw that at the beginning of the year there will be much of change. It will be even more change than expected. Emma, the last word for you. Um, crystal ball. I mean, I think I've learned from quite a few years in this industry now that you, I mean, it feels like every year starts the same, right? We hope that the next year will be um, calmer or slightly more, slightly less um, turbulent than the year before. And then the following year always brings something different, right? So as I said, I started the year kind of optimistic that we, you know, some of the kind of challenges of last year become, you know, what's the challenge at some point you work on, you come up with processes, you automate, hopefully, right? And it become a year or two later, it's BAU and you can't believe it was ever a challenge. But um, I've, I've learned after probably many years in this industry that every year brings new challenges and new things will happen. And we just have to be do what we can, yeah, uh, work as much as we can on processes, on systems, on cross-functional collaboration, on developing really, really good people um, so that we're best placed to deal with whatever's thrown at us. All right. Well, I, I want to thank everybody for participating in this panel. I think with all the volatility and changes, it's a timely conversation that we bring to the table today. Uh, Emma, thank you for joining. Sammy, Andreas, thank you for being on our, prod, our, our live broadcast today. For our audience, uh, you've enjoyed another event from Insider's Guide to Energy. We hope you enjoy the event. If any of your friends have missed this, this will be available on the YouTube channel and you will get it through our podcast distribution. Otherwise, we wish you a good evening and wish you the best. Thank you for joining us tonight. Bye-bye.